0: Uh, if you have a Bible, turn to, to Acts. It's an incredible book in the New Testament. M was in wonderful last week again. I loved seeing the maps, I loved seeing the journey and looking at uh, Peter again and Cornelius. Uh, we're, again, we want to keep reminding that this is about the works of Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit in the lives of his disciples, his followers. So I want us to hold that uh, in intention, I guess, as we are now hundreds, thousands of years on, hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of years on, same for us today, the works of Jesus empowered by the Spirit in our lives. So, today we're looking at a church in Antioch. If you have, if you turn to Acts, it's Acts 11, and we're gonna read from 19 to 26, and this is from the English Standard Version. Now, those who are scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen. Remember, we looked to him several weeks ago now. Stephen was executed for his faith. Because of this, they were scattered. They travelled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews. But there were some of them, some of them, that started rising up, some men from Cyprus and Cyrene on who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists or the Greeks, the Greek-speaking world, the wider Greek-speaking world. And they were also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was on them. And a great number of them believed and turned to the Lord. And this report came to the ears. I love this phrase, came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. So they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Love that, we see this again. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, as we know, otherwise called Paul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. So back down south to Antioch, went up north to Tarsus, back down to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with this church and they taught a great number of people. And in the church at Antioch, this is where they were first called Christians. This is where the disciples were first called Christians. That's where we get our name from. Christians, Christ ones, Christians, the ones that look like Jesus. I love this account this this news spread, this news of this new fledgling well, Antioch is a quite significant place uh, culture it, it was there was, there was a, loads of different uh, people groups and so it was a hub, it was a resource base, if you like. So you kind of plant something in Antioch or something happens in Antioch and from there literally doors open across the nations across the known world. But I love this, what he says, that the news of this church got to the ears of those at Jerusalem, like gossip, if you like, like choice morsels, gossip came back. So they sent Barnabas. And I think basically it was on a mission to see what on earth was going on. Because now people outside of the Jewish nation, people outside of the people of Israel were starting to be transformed by the power of Jesus. So Barnabas was sent to see what on earth was happening to investigate if you like and on arriving, love this, he said he saw the grace of God, he saw God on display, the evidence of God at work but not only that, not only could he see that but he also knew what was needed and that was Paul. This is phenomenal because Paul was in Tarsus and he knew for this church to survive, they, something had broken out, this power, this love, the, these lives would be transformed. Greeks, non, non-Jews have been encountering the transforming power of Jesus and Barnabas saw what was needed. Alongside himself, it was Paul. I need to go and get Paul from Tarsus. We need to come back to Antioch together. Clearly spend a significant amount of time to disciple these new fledgling believers in the ways of Jesus. I just feel to zero in on verse 23. I want to look, I want us to look at Barnabas. Incredible, we've seen different characters through, through Acts, haven't we? We've seen Peter and Philip and the eunuch and Cornelius and, and now we're looking at Barnabas. Obviously we see Jesus through it all, but we're, we're looking at this character Barnabas. I want to see what he saw and what we can learn from there. So verse 23 again, And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. I want to read this again, but I want to add in different bits from other translations, from the NIV, the Amplify, the ESV, to kind of give it its fuller definition, if you like, to blow this up. It says, when he came and saw, when he witnessed, when he perceived, when he looked upon, when he experienced, he didn't just see something, but he experienced it. And and that's true of us, right? When I first walked into a church, when I continue to be around brothers and sisters, I experienced the grace of God. So he didn't just see it, he experienced it. The grace of God, which is unmerited favour, blessing, kindness. And he was glad, he rejoiced, he was delighted. And he exhorted or he encouraged them all to remain faithful to the Lord. This says steadfast purpose, to stay true, to remain loyal, to keep going, to be, remain devoted to the Lord Jesus. I think the message puts it this way. It's going to come up on the screen. It talks about Barnabas. He saw that God was behind and in it all. I love that. When Barnabas Barnabas arrived, it says that he saw that God was behind and in in it all. And he threw himself in with them, got behind them, urging them to stay with it for the rest of their lives. See, Barnabas was an incredible encourager. That's what his name means, the son of, of encouragement. I really believe Barnabas is a gift to the body of Christ hundreds of years on, because we keep talking about him. We all want a a Barnabas amongst us. We we all want Barnabas' in our churches, the son of encouragement. He was a gift to the body of Christ, and he's particularly a gift to this early church. He was able to see what others could not see. And this is what he saw, the grace of God. What we're looking at today, friends, is the grace of God. This is what he saw. This is what he perceived. This is what he looked upon. This is what he encountered. Grace. It's all too easy to have slogans out there. It's all too easy to try and define something. But I really feel that grace is is undefinable, really, because it's so vast. It's so expansive. It's so unlimited. Grace is ultimately the unconditional, unlimited love of God. Unconditional. It is the unearned, unmerited, undeserved favour and blessing and goodness and mercy of God in Christ and it is a free gift to us. It's unbelievable, it's bonkers. I want us to read something from Ephesians 2. This is true of you, friend. If you've given your heart to Jesus, I love what someone said, he has returned the favour. He has given his heart to you. But this is what happens. Ephesians two, verse four to eight. It starts with but, because before this, it was talking about us being dead in sin. That's how we came into the world, utterly dead. And it says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in sins, dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, he might show his incomparable riches of his grace, expressed to us in the kindness that he's shown in Jesus Christ. Verse eight, friends, this is beautiful, for it is by grace you've been saved. Through faith, this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. This is such an important verse, this isn't just a fridge magnet, this defines what a Christian is, it is by grace you've been saved, through faith, in Christ, but is not of anything you've done, totally unearned, totally undeserved, totally unmerited gift of God, that's what grace is. Max Lucado, speaking about grace in a book called Grace, (laughs) said this, "It's it's more than we deserve and it's greater than we can imagine. That's grace, more than you deserve and far greater than you can imagine. He also said the Christian is a person in whom Christ is happening. I love that. The Christian, though first called Christians, what he noticed is Christ was happening among them. Christ is happening here. When I'm watching Barney and Lissy and Andy lead worship, Christ is happening in their hearts. Christ is happening amongst us. The Christian is a person in whom Christ is happening. When grace happens, Christ enters. That's what it means. You want to see what Christ, grace looks like? It means Christ has entered. Yeah. I heard someone once say, an old pastor of ours down, down south in, in Hastings, used to say, grace stands for this, God's riches at Christ's expense. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that many times. God's riches at Christ's expense. This is what Barnabas was able to see. I want to blow this out, I want to make much of grace today because he didn't just come in and say, oh they're being a bit kind. He saw the evidence of the grace of God, unearned, undeserved favour and blessing being poured out to people that weren't previously included into the Jewish people. So Barnabas was able to see this on Paul and on this church community Grace on Paul, let's just think about this for a minute. The other apostles, the other followers of Jesus would have been really cautious about this, and and rightly so. Remember this man, Saul, Paul, breathing out threats of murder just a little while before this. He was persecuting the church. He was mocking the church. He was ravaging the church. And Barnabas was able to see beyond that. He was able to see beyond the past. He could see Paul for who he truly was. He was able to see that Paul wasn't a murderer, a persecutor, he was beyond that, just this someone that ravaged the church, destroyed the church. What what, What Barnabas saw in Paul was a Jesus follower. He saw how Jesus was now happening in Paul's heart. Christ had entered, Jesus was happening, that's what he could see. He could see the grace of God on Paul's life. He could also see the gift of God on Paul's life. And that's that's really challenging for us to see at times because we don't often like seeing the gift of God on someone else's life. We like it on our own lives, but if we're honest, man, on a murderer, on a persecutor, on someone that doesn't look like us, what Barnabas was able to see was this incredible gift on Paul. And he knew, man, I need Paul for this new church for the gospel to break out across the nations, I need Paul. And if, if Barnabas and Paul hadn't gone from Tarsus to Antioch, I'm not sure we'd be here today because this was the gateway open. Like we are, we are sta- I know it's God, like we all know it's God that does this, but somehow in his sovereignty, in the mystery, in his, in his plan, he used Barnabas and Paul to open up the gateway into the Gentile speaking world. And he could see the gift of God on Paul's life. And he wasn't threatened by that. Well, we don't quite know, but it doesn't seem like he was threatened by that. And he was able to include him into the fold. When others were like, why on earth are we doing this? Have you not heard? Why Paul, really? Barnabas was like, man, he's one of the crew. He's one of the gang. So I wanna ask, what might this look like for us? Can you recognise the grace of God on someone else's life? Someone that doesn't look like you, maybe someone that you don't like too much, if you're honest. Can you notice the grace and favour on their life? Can you see beyond limitations, beyond past failures and flaws? And just being honest, I find it hard. I struggle at times. What about you? Do we judge a book by its cover? I can. Judge people because of their past. Or can we see beyond the external and see what God sees? Barnabas was able to see the grace of God on Paul and he could get behind and support that. And he was also able to see this grace operating all over the place, all over this church in Antioch. Grace on this community. He could see God at work. God among this new new group of believers that didn't look like the Jews. This new group of believers, he could see it. He looked upon, he witnessed, he perceived favor, blessing, kindness. People that weren't previously included, like I've said, Greeks, Gentiles, the non-Jewish world. And he rejoiced. He could see transforming power at work. Gentiles being included into the promises of God. That's us, man, we, we stand in the good of that. We are included in to the promises of God. And he could see this before his very eyes. And rather than shut things down because they weren't quite legit, Barnabas, the son of encouragement, saw beyond, saw what God was doing, and he poured his, his life into that. He could see Jesus was on the move. You know, l- no longer was Jesus being limited to this, this, this one grouping, this specific nation, this, this one culture, this one race. No. The love of Jesus, Jesus' love and mercy was now poured out for the whole of the human race. Jesus loves people. God loves humanity. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people group, God loves humanity. John 3.16, we know it really well. God so loved the world that he gave his son. God so loved the world that he gave of himself. That's his heart. And that's what Barnabas could see. That's what he was experiencing. Man, God's love is breaking out and he rejoiced. It says he was delighted. What about us? I'm gonna ask this question again as I'm sweating. Man, it's so hot in here. What do you see when you look out across the church? Maybe our own church community. Maybe you're watching and you're not part of this church community, but you're part of a church community. Whatever shape, size, What do you see when you look across your own church community? Do you notice unmerited favour? Do you see the grace of God at work? Things changing, where you might see just character things moving and changing and growing, where you might see kindness and generosity and mercy and people giving of themselves to one another, the activity of Jesus. What about the wider body of Christ? What do you see? when you look out across the church, the wider universal body of Christ, do you rejoice? Are you thankful? Do you recognise mercy and kindness On, on different tribes, on different groups that might not look like you like it? But would you see the activity, the grace of God on them? Because I think it's too easy to judge. I think it's too easy to criticise. I think it's too easy to pull other people down, other groups, other traditions, and we'll totally miss what Jesus is doing. There's one body, one body. He's coming back for one body, one body. Personal experience, I remember when I first walked into a church community similar to Vine Life, I saw something so special, man. Like I wasn't a believer and I walked into this church community and I saw something that I'd never seen before. I saw people giving of themselves. I saw people genuinely caring for other people. I saw people uh, offering kindness, generosity. I I saw different people groups sat together and mingling together and this oneness. I saw something so special, something like I'd never seen anywhere else and I knew I wanted in. And I was an unbeliever. I wasn't like Barnabas here. But what Barnabas was seeing was this kind of activity. And Jesus, Jesus is here. Christ is happening. Christ is happening all over the place. Grace looks like something. Grace looks like something. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a sense. It's not just a catchy Bible verse. It looks like something. You experience the grace of God. When someone offers you love, because you don't deserve it, when someone offers you kindness because you haven't earned it, when someone gives to you when you need something, when someone spends time with you, when someone just offers Christ's heart to you, that's what grace looks like. It looks like something. And Barnabas could see it, he could see it on Paul and he could see it in this precious church. He saw beyond himself, he saw what God sees beyond his own heart, his own natural mind, he looked beyond that and saw what God sees. That's what an encourager does, recognises God at work and gets behind it. Effectively saying, man, I can see Jesus here. I can see Jesus in you. I can see what he's doing. Keep going, I know you might not be able to see it yet, but I can see it. I can see how he's working on your life. I can see how he's changing you. I can see those addictions dropping away. I can see how, man, I know you feel like you've take one step forward and five back, but I've noticed the step forward. I can see grace at work. I can see Jesus all over you. Keep going, remain true, stay devoted, stay faithful, steadfast purpose following Jesus. That's what an encourager does. Notices the gold in someone's life, if you like. Notices gold amongst a community and is able to pull it out. He's able to see beyond the limitations, beyond the what's not happening, beyond the glass half empty, and says, Man, this glass is not only half full, but it's overflowing. I can see Christ happening everywhere. That's what an encourager does. Points to what Jesus is doing and helps people focus on that. You know, it's so important that we have open, tender, soft, receptive hearts. I want this to be my prayer more and more. Actually, not just every day. Jesus, help me see. Help me see what you see. Help me see your grace at work. Help me see, Jesus, you happening. Help me see what you see. That's what I want my prayer to be. Because if I see what sand sees, Often it gets all funky. Help me see what you see, Jesus. Friends, we can all be a Barnabas. We can all be an encourager. We can all be a son or daughter of encouragement, but we've got to be intentional. In some way, you and I can make a difference in someone's life, one person, but we've got to be intentional. We've got to be deliberate. My wife always says, look with your eyes when I lose something, when I've lost something. And and often we've lost sight of who we are. Often we've lost sight of what it looks like to be a Christ follower. Often I'm like, Em, have you seen it? I can't see it anyway. She says, have you looked with your eyes? Because it's right here. And that's often the same for us. I can't see, Grace, have you looked with your eyes? Have you looked with the eyes of your heart? Let's be deliberate, we can all be an encourager, we can all be a Barnabas. Remember it looks like something. The broken, the rejected, the hurted, hurted, I've the hurt, got a hurted knee, the hurting, the wounded, the forgotten, included in, included into the family. It looks like us, The, the Christ on display, kindness, forgiveness, mercy, compassion, gentleness, grace, which is all of it, forgiveness, peace, generosity. It looks like sin being defeated in someone's life. It looks like someone becoming more and more and more Christ-like in all that they do. We can all notice that. It looks like the ministry of Jesus among his people and from there it just spills out and it draws others in. Why wouldn't the world want to come in if they see this kind of activity amongst us? That's what grace looks like. So let's be those that see what God's doing that notice what God's doing, that are quick to call it out, to recognize it, to speak it into being, to, to affirm it, to stand with others and to celebrate and to rejoice and be delighted and to encourage one another all the more to stay steadfast in our purpose after the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. The grace of God, the kindness of Jesus, friends, it's more than we deserve and it's greater than we can ever, ever imagine. Let's pray together. I wanna to invite the band back up to join me. We're gonna worship. We're gonna close our time out by looking to Jesus, this incredible, incredible grace giver, free gift of mercy, of kindness, of love, all through Jesus. Man, he's so eager to pour it out onto you. Grace, grace is much more than you could ever deserve and greater than you can ever, ever imagine. So wonderful, wonderful Jesus, I thank you for the grace that I've received, unearned, unmerited, undeserved kindness. When I was lost, when I was away, when I was broken, when I was a rebel, when I was doing all sorts of crazy stuff, Your mercy found me. Your grace covered me. Your love called me home. I thank you for my grace, the grace you've shown me. I thank you for the grace you've shown us as a community. You've drawn us together. And I thank you for the grace that you're pouring out into people's lives. I pray that we would be a church family, a church community that see the grace of God at work We recognise it, we affirm it, we get behind it and we encourage one another. I ask all this, Jesus, in your precious, wonderful, mighty name. Amen.